Welcome back to the Sankofa Studios podcast. Uh, I got a question online today from somebody about uh, Chicago, about my city. I do a lot of art history talk. Everybody knows me, the whole section on Remembering the Masters. Every month, uh, I'll feature a different historic uh, artist, black artist from America and their works. Uh, but somebody asked me about Chicago and the impact of Chicago on the art world. And growing up in Chicago, how it impacted me as an artist. Well, I have to say it was tremendous. Chicago's a unique city in the United States. It's it's a it's special in that it's a up north city, it's a northern city, but it still has certain elements of southern uh life that we brought with us from the south. Most of us that live in the city of Chicago that are from the city of Chicago, uh came from Mississippi. Most of us did. You can hear it in our accents the way we talk. Uh, the culture has shifted, of course, but there's there's something, the spirit of uh, that southern uh, world we brought with us to Chicago was interesting. My family came from Mississippi, you know. Uh, my grandmother, uh, she came up to Chicago from a place called Pantherburn, uh, Sharkey County, uh, Mississippi, which is a small, uh, unincorporated town. Uh, no street lights, nothing, just a little bitty, tiny, small town. And she came up to Chicago in the early 20th century, along with my grandfather uh, and uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles and all of them came up in that generation. And, you know, in a day, Chicago was a different place. Everybody lived in this area that they called the Black Belt. And it was a new thing for all these southern folks coming up north. Uh, jazz was the music of the time, and you had this this southern uh, uh, spiritual music coming to Chicago and being merged with this city life, this fast-moving jazz music, and it created this this infusion of uh, of all things black. So it was like a second coming, or I won't say second coming. It was the first coming, just like in Harlem. Chicago was only second to Harlem in regards to black culture. So everybody who was anybody in music and art, uh, literature, intellectuals, they passed through Chicago. They passed through Chicago because it was just, it was the place to be at that time. And you know, and I'm one of the children of those people that moved them folks that came up. Uh, one person separates me from one of those migrants that moved from the South to the North and that's my mother. You know, my grandmother and my grandfather, like I said, my aunts and uncles from that generation, they all moved up to Chicago, and they brought that flavor with them. And my aunts and uncles and my mother fed me what they were fed, and it gave me that charm and that that southern charm, I guess, to a certain extent. And as much as people talk about Chicago and as much as the media tries to define Chicago as this horrible place, this, this hyper-violent place, and the people are like animals, and I've heard people describe us that way. And I say us, even though I don't live in Chicago no more, and I haven't lived in Chicago for a while, but people try to describe us as like we're just these wild animals out there killing ourselves. But in reality, we're in the forefront of a lot of culture, a lot of invention, a lot of uh, spirituality has been based in Chicago. And uh, I'll go deeper into some of those details about different cities. New Orleans is another special city. Uh, in that way, LA, uh, New York City, of course, uh, but you got some smaller pockets uh, that have rich histories in regards to black culture and art 
in America, some small towns, little known towns. Uh, one artist that I love uh, by the name of Horace Pippen uh, comes from a small town in Pennsylvania. Uh, a really, really small town. What's the name of that town in Horace Pippen? Uh, Horace Pippen is from a little town. It's called... Give me a second, and I'm gonna tell you. Westchester, Pennsylvania. It's small. It's like nothing there. He's the only. I won't say nothing, but in regards to art, it's not a place that you think of when you think of art or culture. But this guy Horace Pippen is from there. Uh, was born there, and I think they have a marker of some kind uh, commemorating his life and uh, him growing up in that city. But all over the country, you find these little pockets where. A lot of history took place, a lot of cultures there that we just, we don't know about, so we don't acknowledge it because we don't know. But my city in particular, Chicago, the roots go deep. I could do a whole episode or 10 about the city of Chicago and the contributions to the culture regarding art and all this other type of stuff. Uh, we could go deeper into music uh, even. Uh, it's just a different medium uh, that... Uh, has been kind of overtaken by corporate interests and become a business. It's become an industry within itself and less about the expression. But even the music, when we separate it from that, the industry part of it uh, and get to the core, uh, the spirit of it, we'll, uh, we'll discover something really important, really special, I think. Uh, and when you think of, uh, and I like to whoever's listening to think about what, what, what comes to mind when you think of Chicago outside of what we hear in the news uh, all the time. Like the things that we hear in the news about the violence, the crime, and all that. That's all we hear about Chicago. We don't hear nothing about the culture in the city. It's some incredible painters, some incredible artists in Chicago, some incredible singers, uh, some incredible writers, intellectual thinkers from the city of Chicago. So we don't hear a lot uh, uh, in regards to that part of the city, we lose we lose a little bit when it comes to that. But I want you to think about Chicago aside from that, and think of all those things that have come out of Chicago. I was talking to my mother recently, and she told me that her next door neighbor, my mother was born in 1942, and she said her neighbor was Gene Chandler, Gene Chandler, the guy who sung Duke of Earl. And uh, I was like, wow. So, and she started naming people who are legends that right down the south side of Chicago, uh, people like Curtis Mayfield and on and on. We could just keep going all day about that. Like I said, it's another uh, episode that we can do uh, just on that. But there's uh, um, a lot of artists, a lot of murals around the city of Chicago that express the culture and the spirit of the people in the city. And I think if we dig deep into that, and start to put those uh, those figures in the forefront. Let our young people see these people, these people, and get to know them in their lives and stuff like that. I think that we can inspire another generation of artists to come forward and tell our stories. More important than anything is to tell our stories and share our narratives, because if we don't tell our own stories, somebody else will tell our stories, and that can be dangerous when you leave uh, the telling of your own life story to the hands of somebody else. Uh, we've seen that go bad too many times in history, like way too many times in history. So with that said, this this is just we're going to continue the conversation. You can reach me on Instagram uh, at Sankofa underscore studios. Uh, same thing for Twitter and everything. Sankofa underscore studios at 
Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Reddit, you name it. I'm on I'm on all uh, social media platforms. SoundCloud, you can find me everywhere. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation. You can ask the question. If you do have a question, you can reach me. Uh, go right, scroll down to the bottom of the page when you're on SankofaStudios.com website. And uh, just send the question in the box. Uh, just put in the, the highlight box, just put podcast questions. Or you can just email me directly, uh, info at yakubshabazz.com, and uh, I can answer your questions there. But another question somebody asked me about Chicago was, what were my first experiences in the city of Chicago uh, When in regards to art? And it, it's crazy because my story goes back to high school. I wasn't actively painting or doing anything like that. Uh Hold on one second. Okay, I wasn't doing any painting or anything like that actively. Nothing more than what the school offered. But I used to think about it, you know. And I used to rap and do that type of thing too. My my boys, we had our little our little crew that we would do do our thing. And that was the primary outlet for my artistic expression was rap and music and stuff like that. However, I did have a, a interest in painting and painters that I never really cultivated and no one around me really cultivated this desire or even knew for that matter. But I would sneak at times, me and my buddies, we would cut school sometimes and go to the Art Institute. And I believe the Art Institute was free back then when I was in school, in high school. And we would go to the Art Institute and I remember walking through the halls of the Art Institute and looking at these giant paintings. And uh, one of the things that I do recall and I remember this even as an adult going in there. Some of those paintings, uh, most of the paintings did not reflect anything about the part of Chicago that I lived in or the people that lived in the neighborhoods that I lived in. So it was kind of like uh, it got boring fast. They didn't rotate the collection uh, nearly as, as frequently as they should. And it led to... I don't know, it became a boring place. I can still remember those paintings. There's this one, uh, it's a very popular piece uh, by some French artist, I don't remember his name, but I remember uh, going in there and seeing uh, this painting over and over over the years, and it never changed, it was always there. So I didn't get to know Jacob Lawrence from the Artist Institute of Chicago or Charles White uh, as a matter of fact, Charles White is in there now, I think. I think he has an ex exhibition going right now. But Charles White, who's an illustrator, just incredible genius artist. Lois Jones, Lois Milo Jones, incredible genius artist. You never see them in those places. So the contemporary art galleries and the big places like Artists of Chicago and all the cities that I lived in, they don't rotate the art in a way that even gives an opportunity or creates a space where we can be seen unless... It's somebody who has those letters behind their name. And that's unfortunate because it's a person who never, who's not formally trained, who's, you know, a uh, self-taught artist in the community that can tell the story of that community better than anybody in the university or in the art school can. And their voices are excluded from those dialogues and excluded from those, uh, those galleries just because they didn't go get, you know, formally trained. And sometimes that formal training steals from the voice of the artist in a way 
you know, and that's a part that is unfortunate. And I don't think it's to the benefit of anybody involved. I don't think it's to the and, and man today, when you look at uh, Instagram and Twitter and those other resources, some artists on there that are mind blowing. And right here at Sankofa Studios Podcast, we're going to interview some of those artists. I've had conversations with artists around the country, uh, and now we're finally getting it uh, going. And in the coming weeks, you'll hear me bringing on artists from around the country. I've seen some uh, ladies and men, young people, older people, everybody is involved in the art world, uh, either as, as an observer and enjoying just seeing some great new, fresh ideas being put out there in different mediums, or uh, they're participating. They're participating. They take class. I teach classes so I can see people and the interest that they have in taking classes and learning these histories, learning these stories. When I tell the story of, uh, so I'll take a little sidebar. It's the story of one particular artist. I mentioned him, uh, Horace Pippen, uh, because his name resonates with people because of Scottie Pippen. And Horace Pippen was a World War One veteran who got injured in the war. His right arm was almost just obliterated, so he couldn't use it. And he didn't start painting until he was after, over 40 years old, I think. He's past 40. And he didn't even have his right arm. He used to hold his right arm up with his left arm to do these paintings. And he did this one painting of John Brown going to be hung. He was on the back of this, uh, this cart. And they were taking John Brown goes to his hanging. Uh, Google that painting by Horace Pippin, P-I-P-P-I-N. It's spelled a little different than Scottie Pippin. P-I-P-P-I-N from Pennsylvania and you'll see some of his works and most of his paintings and he was self-taught to a million dollar word for his uh, autodidact he's an autodidactic painter meaning self-taught he didn't go to any schools or anything he just woke up one day and felt like I need to uh, tell my story so he did a lot of scenes of his household growing up he did a lot of scenes of just the environment around him and these paintings didn't follow any a traditional European art style. It was purely his own voice being expressed using the medium of paint and paint brushes. And it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, he gets some acclaim uh, now, and he got a lot of acclaim during this time, too, uh, and, and just told true and honest stories. And the paintings were just his grandmother and her socks, uh, his, his kitchen, a bedroom, just snapshots he captured these moments uh that he experienced in his lifetime and they became very powerful works and like i said right there in the city of chicago wherever you may be it's people sitting around maybe that child in your family has a story to tell and maybe can't articulate that story using words and we have to provide them with all of the tools that we can so that they can express themselves it might be with a paintbrush might not be it might be with a pen it might be with a saxophone it might be with whatever medium they use. It don't have to always be rap. That's something else we want to do, is to encourage people to understand that being an artist, uh, it's not it's not completely encapsulated in the medium of hip-hop music when it comes to black people. So there's been too many occasions where I tell somebody I'm an artist and they think, oh, this dude is a 40-something-year-old rapper. <laughs> and that's not at all true. So we want to push that to the children and convince them and, and encourage them and groom them and get them prepared to tell their own stories from their point of view. Sometimes the artwork is the way. 
you know, frame some of those pieces that they do, buy those paint sets, take those art classes. I'm going to put some free stuff up for the new year where you can bring some young people in and let them listen and hear a little bit about uh, these masters. That's why I titled that, Remembering the Masters, because when we think of the masters, the young people, us adults, when we think of the masters, when you think of master painters, what word comes to, what names come to mind? The same names that everybody thinks of, Rembrandt, Picasso, the same names pop into our minds. We don't think about those great masters that tell our stories. That's one of the things that we are pushing. It's an agenda we have. We're pushing that agenda. We're going to educate the world about black arts and black art history, both contemporary artists and historical, because the historical artists provide the, the uh, foundation. They've laid that foundation for, that we stand on. I know I stand on the foundation that was laid by Aaron Douglas and Horace Pippen and uh, uh, millions, countless other not millions, but thousands of other artists, some unknown, some known. Um, and lastly, the last question before I close out today. I hope I gave you all a little bit about Chicago. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. We're going to dig deeper into it. But the last question was, what do you do when you get uh, like blocked? Like artists get the equivalent of, of writer's block, <laughs> but with the paintbrush. What I do when I get that block, I study art history. I start reading. I started researching artists, learning the history, looking at art, uh, classic pieces, going back, finding out the backstories of these artists. And this is how I learned a lot of these histories, is because when I get stuck, I just go and start reading, start studying the history. And I say, oh, wow, I didn't know that this person was here or did this or did that or had shows here. And I'll talk a little bit further, more extensively about uh, overcoming the slumps, those down periods. Every artist experiences it. Uh, and engaging uh, the world as an artist. There's a there's an art to that in itself, just engaging the world as an artist, as a person that is a caretaker of the time, who's sharing our stories and who we are, you know, literally and in spirit. So that's what an artist does, and we want to learn how to engage the world. So when you hit those slumps, you start studying and researching, uh, and that until the slump passes. And then one big thing here, this is not in stone. There's a lot of ways to overcome a slump. And some people have, uh, they just do nothing, and then the inspiration comes back. Some people just keep painting through the slump until they catch a rhythm and they get going again. Uh, but as for me, I study. I study the history. I learn the stories of the people who came before me, who laid the foundation. Uh, I look at their works. I try to, you know, I use my imagination and I go deeper into trying to understand what motivated some of those paintings. So I understand why a Horace Pippen would do John Brown goes to his hanging. Uh, he was only, you know, barely a generation after. So it was fresh in the minds of the people at the time. So I understand, I get that. You know, I get why he would paint that. No different than somebody who lived in the 80s doing a painting of Martin Luther King. They're barely a generation away from Martin Luther King being alive and well and doing his thing. So we want to share those stories, not just with each other. We don't want to preach to the choir too much either. But we share these stories. And myself, I, from my own experience as an artist, as a painter, I do a lot of these paintings 
for the future. For I'm thinking a hundred years from now, I want somebody to look on the wall and I see a painting and say, man, that guy Yakub Shabazz was here thinking about some of these things that I'm thinking about. He was thinking about the culture and the, and the way that I think about the culture. And they'll have evidence of that in my paintings, uh, in my writings, in my poetry, and all the, you know, everything I do to express myself artistically. So I'm leaving breadcrumbs, a trail for future generations. And you don't have to be a professional artist selling paintings to do such a thing. You and your child and your home can take classes, learn the history. It's not just for children either. It's for adults as well. They, they are, who was it, James Baldwin, I believe, has that quote that children rarely do what we say, but they almost always or almost certainly do uh, what we do. So if they see us painting, there's a great chance that they'll paint. If they see us reading, there's a great chance that they'll read. So we become the inspiration for the next generation. So that's how I overcome a slump. That's a little bit about my city, Chicago. Uh, and I'm going to go further into the art communities in different cities and different episodes as I interview and introduce to you uh, some of these artists that I know, some of the friends of Sankofa Studios, some of the people who have inspired me I'm going to interview. Uh, some are artists, some are not, some just love art but they are all connected to the art world through one medium or another. And uh, they'll share their narratives here at uh, Sankova Studios. So I'm looking forward to those conversations, and I hope you'll join me for those. Uh, it's going to be a really good thing. Uh, but until then, go ahead. You can follow me uh, again at Sankofa Studios on Facebook, uh, Sankofa underscore studios at Instagram. And you can find these links right here on my website. Uh, Sankofa underscore, underscore, excuse me, studios everywhere on Twitter, on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Reddit, on, I can't even name them all, but you find me, if you put Sankofa underscore, at Sankofa underscore studios, you'll find me online and just follow me as I go on this journey of, you know, teaching culture and pushing our narratives to the forefront. And until next time, peace. <laughs>